Welcome to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have real, honest, smart, and sometimes even hilarious conversations about co-parenting, separation, and divorce, and all that goes along with that. I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and today I want to talk about co-parenting. I read an article in Time Magazine this week called Raising My Son with My Ex-Husband is the Hardest Thing I've Ever Done. (laughs) Uh, It was written by a woman named Jessica Henriquez. Um, She has a middle name in there that I'm not even going to attempt to butcher. Um, But in this article, she talks about the truth about just how hard it is to co-parent. And one quote that jumped off the page for me was this. Successfully sharing the person who brings you the most joy with the person who brings you the most pain is nothing short of a miracle. And I got to tell you, that rang so true for me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really honest about a few things here. I talk a lot about my co-parenting relationship with my ex-husband and how, uh, how well we co-parent. And that does not mean it's easy. It is literally the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, As the article, as the title of this article (laughs) suggests, it is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, Because when you get divorced with kids, you don't get to turn around and walk away, right? You have to continue to engage on a daily basis, sometimes with someone who broke your heart, Sometimes with someone you don't ever fucking want to see again. Sometimes with somebody who, you know, oh, I mean, I can't, the number of things, right? I mean, it's, it's, it, it could go on forever. The list could go on and on and on and on. And so I tend to talk about the positives about my relationship, my co-parenting relationship with my ex-husband for a few reasons. Um, a while ago, I said to uh, my ex, I said, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book, uh, which eventually I will finish and get out there. But I said, I'm writing a book uh, about all this stuff. And he said, I just want you to consider. He said, I, I support that. I, I think it's great. But he said, I want you to consider that um, someday our son is going to read it. And I want you to consider uh, what he may read about me, about you, about us, and, and the people that created him and raised him. And I, I took that really seriously and I took it to heart. It was such a, such a good point. Um, and this came out of, I wrote an article for my blog many years ago, probably five or six years ago now. Uh, and this is a really hard thing for me to talk about. But I wrote an article for my blog a few years ago um, called Why I'm Giving Up My Amicable Divorce. And the Huffington Post picked it up. And it, I don't know if it went viral. I don't know what the stats are. But it it went pretty, uh, it went kind of rapid fire. (laughs) Let's put it like that. Um, And I didn't know, you know, it's not like the Huffington Post calls you and is like, hey, um, we like your article. Do you mind if we publish it? Like, nope, they just take it. And it was on, it was on a, it wasn't on my personal blog. It was on another, another, uh, blog platform that had agreements with the Huffington Post and stuff. And I just, you know, I didn't think it all the way through. 
Um, and in this article, I talked a lot about the relationship dynamics with my ex-husband that were not so favorable. Um, I called him out uh, for the way he treated me. I called myself out for continuing to um, put myself in a position where, because I was, it was rosy, right? It was all, when we first got separated, it was, I think we swept a lot of stuff under the rug because we were so relieved to be done with our marriage. I think we were so relieved that we quickly jumped into this new dynamic uh, where everything was going to be great now. Except that a lot of our dynamics continued on. And I didn't, and I think that the, um, we did not separate ourselves out enough. And we continued to trigger each other and we continued to be too close and all sorts of stuff. And it, and it, it, it came to a head. I got to say it was sort of, I think it was four or five years into our separation, um, and divorce that it came to this horrible head and we had a huge fight that was really, really, really bad. Um, and I, you know, I can't sugarcoat it. He, I, my point of view uh, is that he treated me horribly in that argument. It was it was literally a misunderstanding that went so sideways, and it mirrored our entire marriage. And I was like, "What am I doing? Why?" I, I divorced this man. Why are we still having this relationship? And I had to. I had to set a boundary, and the boundary that I set was messy. Um, it was, you know, in, in 12 step programs, they talk about detaching with love rather than with an ax. And I detached with a big motherfucking ax by, by writing that article, by sort of exposing some, um, some things that a, I really hope my child never, um, reads about and, uh, and B that, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's very complex. And I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about that, that again, I'm not going to, you know, some things I don't talk about publicly because, um, out of respect, um, for my ex-husband and his privacy and his life and his future. And, you know, more so out of love and respect for his relationship with our son. Um, and that's, you know, my relationship with my ex-husband is one thing, but my son's relationship with his father is everything. And uh, they have to stay separate. So so I don't talk about this very often because it's because when, the last time I talked about it, it was got really messy. And I think I, and I, and I did it in a messy way. I didn't do it well. And but <laughs> I will still say um, that co-parenting with my ex-husband is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and we still we still trigger each other. We have such better skills at this point, both of us, um, that when we get triggered, we, we have these weird conversations that I've never had with anyone in my life where we now uh, say, we'll say to each other, yeah, and I think that's your shit. And I'll say, and I'll, well, one of us will get mad about that or whatever, but we will actually stay in the conversation and we are, res- we are more respectful to one another than we've ever been. And that's 10 years of divorce. That's almost 20 years of being in a relationship with this person. And 
the the amount of work that it's taken to get there is so um you know, I've had to turn myself inside out. I don't know what he's done. I don't know. I am not responsible for the work that my ex-husband has done. I'm not responsible for his therapy, his um, any of his personal work. I'm not responsible for it. I can't be. I can only be responsible for myself. And I can only be responsible for showing up as uh, as a person that I'm proud of. And here's, here's the thing about my marriage is that when I was with my ex-husband, I didn't like myself. I didn't like myself. Well, I didn't like myself, period, right? I had no respect for myself. I had no self-esteem, all of those things. But the person that I became in that relationship, I didn't like who I was. I He brought out the worst in me. I brought out the worst in him. I'm sure he didn't like the person that he was with me either. And so my responsibility now in, in all my interactions, as, or as many of them as I can, is to show up as a person that I can, when I hang up the phone, I feel okay about myself. And if I don't, it's my responsibility to call back and clean it up and say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, this, I got triggered and here's where this went and I'm so sorry. Um, and I do that not for him. I don't do that because I'm giving him anything. I do that so that I can live with myself. And... That is hard. That is a hard place to get to. And, you know, my my ex-husband, like this quote, successfully sharing the person who brings you the most joy with the person who brings you the most pain is nothing short of a miracle. You guys, that man has brought me so much pain from the moment we started dating um, to this day, he still brings me pain, and but that's mine, right? At at the, at, the, at this point, after twenty years, the pain that he brings me now is is nothing to do with anything he's necessarily doing to me. Um, it's how I compare myself to um, his wife. It's how I compare myself to. Um, you know, to them financially. It's how, it's really, it's all about compare and despair, compare and despair, compare and despair. I, you know, um, he, he, he and his life are in my face, uh, in many ways, not, they're not literally in my face. We have boundaries, we have separation. And, and here's the thing, it continues to evolve, right? Um, we have had periods of time where we've been super close. And then we've had periods of time where it's like, that doesn't really work. And we've had to separate. And then we've had um, things that have brought us together out of um, sort of emergency, family emergency situations uh, that have brought us together that we've had to work together. We have had to work together to get through. Um and they have been very difficult and i have I, I can't i can't talk about them um publicly for legal reasons but there's stuff to, stuff in our family that has nothing to do with my ex-husband and me um but it's other stuff that is um that just connects us and you know we've had to go to court together <laughs> um not against each other um i have i have chosen uh, a few times to show up in court in his defense, um, backing him up 
and not in his defense. It's not like anyone was suing him or t- taking him to court. Um, but as a to show uh, my support for him in a visible way that was impactful. And I've chosen to do that, and it hasn't been easy. It's actually been very hard and, and pretty traumatizing a couple times, um, not because of him. Um, and and I've chosen to do that because at the end of the day, he and I are still tethered. We are still tethered as a family. Um, and his life affects my life in that it affects our child. And we have to constantly talk about these things. We have to say, okay, how are we going to discuss this with our kid? And it keep it keeps us connected and it's it it can be so difficult. So I I'm I'm saying all this because I'm just there are levels and there are layers. There are people, I work with clients all the time who literally cannot have a relationship with their ex. Um, they're either um, abusive, uh, physically abusive, or abusive to the children, or they have disappeared, or they don't want anything to do with the kids or them, or whatever it is, right? Whatever, or they're, they're just assholes, or, um, or people need to protect themselves, literally need to protect themselves um, emotionally and set really clear and strong boundaries. And I support all of that. I am not gunning for all people to have uh, collaborative relationships with their ex-husbands because I know that it's it, it can be really hard. Not just hard; it can be it it's, it can be not safe. It can it can literally be not safe physically, emotionally, psychologically. And there are times when my collaboration uh, with my ex-husband has had me not safe. Sometimes physically, not at his hands, but. Um, uh, certainly psychologically, um, there have been times where it has not been safe, but I have had, you know, had to chosen to, and then I have to make really strong boundaries like, whoa, that was too much. Can't do it. Um, I always say that divorce is an ever breathing. It is a living breathing entity. And it is not like you get to a place where your relationship is defined and that is how you operate. Whatever you define in any moment will shift again in any next moment. Uh, and you're constantly having to check it. But this is one of the reasons it's one of the hardest things I've ever done is because I'm constantly having to check in with myself. I'm constantly fucking it up. And I'm constantly having to say, wow, that didn't feel good. That was, that was really painful. What do I need to do to protect myself right now? And... I, and then I shift it and then I change it. And sometimes I talk to him about the change and sometimes I don't. Sometimes we just move on differently. Um, so as I said, like I'm always advocating for this right relationship uh, with your ex and with my ex. And part of that is because here's the thing. If it is safe to do so, it is in your best interest to do so, to collaborate with your ex. Um, if it is safe for you emotionally, physically, spiritually, if it is safe for your children, it will be the hardest thing you've ever done. Uh, but it will be for in the best interest of your children. Uh, for you to show up together at school conferences, for you to show up together at performances, for you to show up together as hard and painful as it might be, if it is safe to do so, I 100% advocate for that. And I advocate for doing really hard, deep, meaningful work to get to a place where you can do it. I also advocate for setting boundaries where and when necessary, because it might not be that you make this choice to be able to do this uh, immediately, but it might be that you say, you know what, someday I'd really like to get to that place where I'm okay with this. 
Um, and sometimes we do things that are, we're not okay with in service of our children. So that, you know, sometimes we sit next to our ex, uh, at the school play and then we leave and we sob hysterically in the parking lot, but we've done it for our children. And, you know, this is what, this is what motherhood is, right? This is what parenting is. Um, we do things that are hard in service of our children. Um, you know, and I also know people who, for whom this is literally not safe. It is not a possibility. Um, I, I know people who, um, you know, they get within a few feet of their exes and they get restraining orders slapped on them or they get, um, uh, uh, they get accused of something, you know, and then when they haven't done it, I mean, there are things, there, there are reasons and there are, um, there are good reasons to keep a distance and not have a good co-parenting relationship. And there are, there are uh, just as many reasons to work on your shit so that you can uh, collaborate in service of your children. And, and so my point is there are so many layers, right? It's not black and white. It's not cut and dry. And I kind of wanted to come clean about that because I, I do talk so often about this collaborative process. And, uh, and I want to come clean about the fact that it's not easy, that it's fucking brutal. Um, and that 10 years into my divorce, it, some days it's really still brutal. Uh, my ex and I had a flare up on the phone yesterday and we got through it, you know, and that's the thing is that at this point, I know that we always do and we get through it better than we ever did when we were married. And, uh, I still don't, I still, I don't look at that and be like, damn, I wish we'd gotten to that place when we were married. Like, no, (laughs) that wasn't going to happen. Um, so all that to say, uh, this is really a coming clean for me about how hard it really is and how many layers there are. And I guess, you know, if there's one thing I can leave you with, it's please, please find a way to do the work on yourself. Um, Divorce is a breeding ground for some of the best and most important and impactful personal development work you will ever, ever do. And I want that for you. I really do. I want that for everyone. I want you to work on your shit so hard that your children are raised by someone who can model for them what it is for them to work on their shit, right? I always say that our children are sponges and mirrors. They are constantly absorbing who we are, what we do, and they are constantly mirroring and reflecting it back to us. And if we do the work on ourselves, if we work our asses off on ourselves, um, we give our children the opportunity, number one, to, you know, have less therapy (laughs) in their future. And to uh, to learn how to do that for themselves. You know, we always say that we want the best for our children and yet we don't we don't actually take the best for ourselves. We don't do the best for ourselves. And the best way, the only way that our we can do right by our children is to do right by ourselves first. Um, it's how we model that behavior to them. Um, I often talk about the fact that, you know, we're really the first generation that's had all this personal development work available to us and therapy without it being so, um, uh, stigmatized, right? Our parents' generation, if our parents went into therapy, uh, that was a big deal, right? Therapy was really like in the seventies, therapy was 
really for people that were really screwed up. Um, and I, um, you know, and so I feel like we have an opportunity, you know, our, every generation um, just tries to fuck up their kids one degree less than the last generation. But I feel like we, as this generation that has so much personal development work available to us, so many open conversations about what it really takes, um, we have the opportunity to fuck our children up like 10 degrees <laughs> less than our parents fucked us up. Um, and I think that's a gift. I think the greatest gift that we can give our kids throughout this entire process is to focus on and work on ourselves. So all that being said, um, you know, find a therapist, find a coach. You can find me on my website, kate at kateanthony.com. Well, that's my email, but you can, you can email me. Go ahead. Uh, my website is kateanthony.com. Um, please, please, for the love of your children, um, work on yourself and just know that if your relationship with your ex is difficult and it's hard and it feels impossible, um, you're not alone. You're really not. It is hard. It is the hardest thing I've ever done. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. You can find me over at kateanthony.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. See you next time. Thank you.